Hey, this is Brian Golden. I am the lead pastor of Centerpoint Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast and thank you for taking the time to listen. And I just want to let you know if you are in the greater Tampa Bay area, we would love to have you join us at one of our gatherings. And here's the thing about Centerpoint. Our vision is really simple. We want to be an alternative to church as usual for all people. And that just means we want this to be a safe place that welcomes everybody, doesn't matter what your background is or really where you're at on your faith journey. And so if you want any more information about our gatherings, go to our website at centerpointfl.org. And then most importantly, whether you're a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just in that place of investigating faith, I really hope today's message encourages you and really helps you to find life and freedom in Jesus. All right. Hey, my name is Bryant. I am the uh, host of Unfiltered Radio, uh, which is on WTBN 570 and 910 AM weekdays or anywhere you have the internet and the pastor of Centerpoint Church in Bowrico. And Unfiltered Talk Podcast, this is episode three. And basically what we're doing is just talking about life, leadership, culture, and just having some honest conversation really about whatever is going on right now. And I'm super excited to have Bernard Scott with me today, and he is the pastor of Bayside Community Church in Bradenton. And if I get any of this wrong, you can let me know, Bernard, but I think you've been married for somewhere around 24 years to Elizabeth, who's amazing, uh, in vocational ministry, I think somewhere over 30 years. So I'm, I'm a bit behind you. But one of the things about Bernard, you probably don't even fully realize. Uh, how much of an encouragement you've been to me and source of wisdom. Uh, I've had several big decisions where you're one of the guys that I reach out to and you've been a huge help. And so I really, really appreciate that. And so I got a couple of things I want to talk about today. I kind of like how the timing landed because I've got some really deep stuff that I wanted to dive in uh, with you about. But first of all, just thanks for taking the time to be on with me, man. Oh, my pleasure, Brian. I, I appreciate you uh, asking. I'm honored to actually be a part of it. Uh, you've been a great friend as well, and I thank you for your your heart and your service to the community there. I, I served there in Valrico area, the Brandon area, for gosh, eighteen years or, or so. So it's a uh, it's a great, great, great time. I love that city. Yeah. So let me just dive right into it, man. Um, I, I want to switch gears in a few minutes, but how have you dealt with? the last whatever 10 weeks walking through COVID-19? Like, how have you remained sane? What does that look like for you? And honestly, I guess here's the question I really like to ask you. What's been the toughest thing? I don't think I'm reaching too far to say you're probably pretty extroverted. I mean, unless I, like, you're you're a people person and to be cooped up for weeks on end, like, how have you remained sane and how have you walked through this season, man? I know. I, I'm probably not allowed to say this, but yeah, it's hard to keep a guy that likes to be around people away from people. And, uh, and so I, I, you know, I've really managed during this time. It was difficult at first because when this first came down, I was actually leading a team on a missions trip. We were out of the country. And uh, on our trip, I sat there and I began to, all of this stuff was starting to stir up. And I began to have this sense that maybe I should look into, do we need to look into maybe leaving and cutting our trip short? And uh, we actually did. We made a decision to cut our trip short. We were there half the time we were supposed to be there. And it was a good decision because the, the day we left, that morning, uh, the police uh, came to where we were all staying to come and quarantine us uh, because we were from America and we got the last flight out. 
and made it into America before they closed the country uh, that we were at with no flights coming in and out. So, and then I had to go into quarantine for 14 days. So I'm thankful that I got to be in quarantine 14 days at home versus out of the country. Yeah. So Wow. I remember texting you during that time and I was like, Hey, what do you think about all this? He's like, you're like, I'm not even in the country right now. So I don't, I don't know half of what's going on. Yeah. It was, it was your text that kind of got me to go, you know what? I I should probably see what's really going on and if I should make some changes. So um, that first two weeks was uh, for me, probably for me, it was um, it really, I looked at it as a gift because I had been running so hard mm. uh, leading up to that. And of course, you know, with traveling and doing all those kind of things, that already wears on you. But just a year prior, been running really hard. And so to have two weeks where I was shut down, couldn't go anywhere, it was actually mm. really a blessing. And so I took advantage of that time to really receive the rest that God was giving me mm. uh, and allow him to speak to my heart to, to my to my soul and just really kind of get refreshed you know yes of course there were things that I did during that time and working from home but the uh, for me getting through that extroverted I realized I have been there for everybody mm. I really need to take care of myself because I don't know what's coming next so if I invest in me I'll be prepared for what's next yeah that's really good I feel like maybe a lot of us have a similar type story to where, and maybe for some of us, it's kind of in the place of we probably should have done it a while ago. And it, it sometimes it tends to work. Like if you don't take a Sabbath, you'll Sabbath will um, be put up on you one way or the other. Like eventually you're going to be slowed down. And I think for a lot of us, like being slowed down was really good. Um, what on the other side is what do you hope for you maybe is going to be different because I, I know for me, there's certain things where walking through this season, I, yeah, there's been really difficult parts of it. There's been really good parts of it. Um, some of them really similar to what you're talking about, just in terms of like us reevaluating some of our rhythms and pace in terms of life. But what are you hoping is, is sustainable or maybe you're even rethinking on the other side of this that you want to be different for you? Yeah, you know, so I have approached this whole situation uh, uniquely, personally. What is it that I need to do personally to be prepared for the next season? So uh, in this exploration or in this time, it has been a little bit difficult because, you know, in the quietness and in the stillness of, you know, because we're busy people, but in that stillness speaks to things that he's been trying to get our attention uh, with and that's what he's been doing with me so he has spoken some things so that adjustment and those adjustments I have been making really focusing on those things I, I think it would be I think uh, for me I've been saying it'd be irresponsible to come out of this time and go into the next being the same way that I was before we went into this time so yeah. it is that I need to adjust relationally financially emotionally um, all those areas looking at all of them I mean even as a church you kind of look at man this has kind of thrust us into being innovative creative mm -hmm. making adjustments uh I've done personally um and as I do that I'm really looking forward to the next season what God has for me because there was work that was needing to be done I mean of course you know some of the practical things like uh cleaning out your garage cleaning out closets throwing things yeah. away 
getting rid of stuff. You know, you, you, you go through that and being home as long as we have, I mean, it's like the list was already big. And of course, being home this much, you, you get to shrink that list down at the yeah. to-do list. Um, but that's what it's been. It's been an adjustment. And I feel like that adjustment, that hard work, I call it hard work because it is because we it's so much easier to take care of other people than it is taking care of yourself. Mm. Um, and that has been my lesson is to and look, yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I love people. But even the scripture says that if you don't love yourself, then you can't love us. You, you got to be able to love yourself and discovering what that looks like for me. Um, coming out of this season, one of the areas, I'll just be honest, I got one, I say no. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, where, where do I, where can I take the time to say, all right, this is the best decision for my personal health and the journey that God has me on. And it's okay to say no, because I can't do everything, especially if, I'm losing myself because eventually if I kept doing that, I wouldn't be around to help people in the first place. Yeah. I, that's so good. I, one of the things that's challenged us is uh, same thing, like reevaluating what we've said yes to, um, what we need to say no to other things that we should have said yes to, but something else basically took that. Yes. You know, and like reevaluating what those priorities are, but just also the reality of man, when we're working at a frantic pace, or a frenetic pace that is not, you know, and there's those seasons, but at the end of the day, even the thing that we value in terms of loving other people, like we begin to be most unloving. I'm the worst to my kids. I'm the worst to my wife. Like when I'm at that pace and it's, you know, I'm saying yes to too many things. And so I think even reevaluating that of like the whole fruits of the spirit of love, joy, peace, like those are the first to go. I mean, event, or at least eventually there, you, you may maintain it for a while, but ultimately that pace crowds out those things that you value in terms of how you want to live your life. And I, I had just something I know Nicole and I just talking through, um, it's not just our physical health, our emotional and spiritual health are dependent yeah. on this. So, correct. um, that's you met- absolutely right. You mentioned kind of like you personally, but then a last question on this from a a larger scale. I I think there's a lot that the church is thinking through and I'm talking about capital T, capital C, but I think what is, what is some of your hopes for the church at large for us as Jesus followers that we would get on the other side of this and we wouldn't be the same. Like we wouldn't just go back to normal that maybe something really good would be birthed out of this. Yeah, you know, so uh, the thing that jumped out for me during this time was uh, I don't think it was a coincidence that this happened during one of the the spiritual highlight of, you know, Christendom, right? So Easter, Passover, and now Pentecost, that these events that have been taking over that, that we've been in, um, as I looked at that, I cannot get away from God, what are you trying to say to us? And I see as a church, for instance, uh, when Jesus came and uh, he, he arrived in Jerusalem, Passover, uh, died, rose again. And over the next 40 days, he appeared to his disciples. Um, and as he appeared to them, uh, of course, you, you can imagine their state of mind trying to figure out, you know, what do we do now? And he takes him to the mountain. He, he ascends, Jesus ascends and goes to the Father, and he tells him to go back to Jerusalem and to wait. 
And they go back to Jerusalem and they're waiting, as we know in the upper room, and as they're waiting, they're trying to figure out what's our new normal going to be. They, everything that they knew was not the same anymore. And how are they going to do it? And what are we really waiting for? And I, uh, and we know Holy Spirit shows up. When he shows up, and Peter gets up, preaches, and 3,000 people are added to the church that day. It wasn't a new normal that they thought it was going to be. It was a completely new. Mm. That's where, for me, I believe the church has to be willing to, to look at this and go, I'm not looking for normal. In fact, the word normal doesn't even exist, right? Because all of our all of our normals are different. Your normal, Brian, yeah. is different than my normal, right? And so no new normal, there's new. And if I'm looking for, it, it's kind of like I'm looking back to grab something that God's totally disrupted or allowed to be disrupted, and I'm trying to bring it into the future where I want to go. And God saying, no, I'm giving you a totally new. You're going to function differently. You're going to function healthier, and it's my desire to see mm. the church function in a new, that we don't go back to a broken place or, you know, even though some of the things we did were good, they're not going to get us to where God wants to take us. Yeah. And so yeah. let's look new in this season, and that's what I'm hoping, that the church would respond in a new, fresh way to the demands of our culture, uh, to the demands of uh of the sin that's plaguing our world, to the issues that are plaguing yeah. our society. I'm praying that we literally be the church now more than we ever were prior to this. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, there's this, I think relates uh, in a big way. What I want to talk about for a second to the church at large. And so I want to draw that connection, but to kind of uh, totally move at a different direction for a second. And I was really glad um, we were able to talk today uh, because another thing that is, I think, really big in terms of the church's mindset and some things that need to change and we need to think differently is around the whole issue of um, just race relations and, and racism and, and how we respond in our culture and what that like what the church is called to. And obviously, the um, situations that most people know about um, in our country over the last few weeks with Ahmad um, Arbury and then uh, George Floyd just over these last couple days and what, you know, millions of people have seen, you know, via video. I just, without any commentary, I would, I would love to just know what your thoughts have been and what are your initial reactions like over these last couple weeks. And this is, this is another in a long line over, um, you know, a long, we go way back. And then over these last couple of years, as it, this this content and seeing this is much more accessible because everybody has a phone. Um, it's that's a whole nother discussion. But what just what is your initial? What has been your initial reaction? Uh, my initial reaction, honestly, Brian, has been um, it, it's been very painful for me, um, hurt, um, very uh, honestly angry. Um, the emotions uh, that boil up on the inside, it's been hard to articulate because I, I'm not necessarily around a lot of people who would understand. And mm. so uh, because of my personal journey, I've had a number of close uh, encounters um, and experiences um, that uh, it really, honestly, it triggered me. And mm. when it triggered me, I wasn't expecting because it just... Uh, you never, when you've experienced that type of pain, um, the trigger is more than a trigger. Um, for me, 
I literally spun in and rehearsed all of the different things that have happened to me in my lifetime, even up to just last year. Mm. Those things start to play and, and I start to feel like, you know, is there really hope? And what, what, do, what do we do, God? How do I address this? And so it really, it forced me to begin talking to a counselor just so that I can deal with myself yeah. because I know I don't want to just sit silent. I want to, I want to actually respond so I can be a part of the solution. Yeah. What, and I don't know what you'd feel comfortable sharing, but like what's, sure. what's one or two maybe experiences or circumstances from your past that uh, to be really honest for somebody like me, I can't relate to it all. I mean, I, I haven't had any of those experiences. Right. But um, and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at is you naturally view this through a completely different lens that I need to try to see as much as I can. But like, what, what's been some of that stuff that, that for a lot of people like me, we just, we don't have any context for. Sure. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I was driving home one night, uh, coming from the gym after playing basketball and, uh, it's a, it's dark. Um, and I pull up in front of my, uh, townhouse and I park right in front of the door and I get out of my car. I noticed the car was following me. Um, and then the car pulled right up and, you know, behind me once I parked and then put on these bright lights and I get out of the car and I was a little nervous, but I just thought, man, if I could just get into my apartment, it'll be all right. And as I get out of my car and I start to make my way to the door, I hear this voice telling me not to move, to freeze. Mm -hmm freeze and put my hand in the air and I'm thinking for for what what did, what did I do and he says I'm going to let the dog out on you. he actually had a canine and I hear the dog and I I freeze because you know I, I don't know what's going on fortunately at that moment my roommate heard the commotion uh who happened to be um a military guy he, he was the air force guy and he was a white guy he opened the front door to see what was going on and I'm so glad that he did because I didn't know what was going to happen next. But my heart began to race, and uh, he was able to, you know, talk down, talk the whole situation down. When I asked the officer why he did that, he says, "Well, you fit a description." And I said, "How? It was dark. How, how did you even see who I, you know, who I was?" Mm -hmm. Didn't answer any of those things. But that was one incident. Yeah. Uh, another incident. I was walking uh, down the street. Uh, I was actually walking to work. And uh, I was carrying my gym bags. I, I would always, after work, I'd go to the gym. I'm walking down the street, and I was carrying my gym bag on my baseball bat because I would go to the batting cages, right? So I have a bat with the gym bag hanging off my bat. I'm walking to work, and uh, I, a car pulls up behind me, puts on the bright lights, drop your weapon, and put your hands on the hood of the car. And I'm... I'm going, I don't have a weapon. I, I don't, I don't have a weapon. Yeah. I, what are we talking about, right? Yeah. And so, of course, it, it got very, it escalated really fast because it, he was interpreting it as I wasn't cooperating. But my brain was like, I don't have a weapon. Right. What is he talking about? Is he seeing somebody else? So I, I dropped everything. I put my hands on the car. I began to get frisked, this whole thing without any explanation. And I thought, what in the world is going on? So those are, you know, two incidents that, that happened to me. I've had incidents happen in the church 
uh, unfortunately, mm. that have, you know, uh, really, really just, you know, just last year, a gentleman came up to me and very sincere. And I tell this story only because it's a win now. It's a, it's a good story today. But he was asking me questions um, that were theological. He wanted to answer some answers to some theological questions. And one of those questions was, if, if people are made in the image of God, then explain to me Asians and Blacks. And when he asked me that question, there was a, it was like getting punched in the gut because yeah. I realized there's a, uh, a, a system of belief that's rooted that somehow, because of the color of my skin, I'm not made in the image of God. Mm. Now, I didn't react. I wanted to, but I realized that up until this point, this gentleman sincerely was trying to theologically work through some stuff. So I answered his question and went on and moved on to answer the rest of the questions, came back to that. And I can say that at the end of that discussion, that I, I want a brother. Hmm. Um, had I reacted and not just engaged in the conversation, I think we would have got past that question. Hmm. I think there would have been a seed of resentment in my heart. I would have asked him to leave, uh, or who knows, you know, sometimes yeah. you, you hope that you're spiritual enough to not do the wrong thing, but man, Brian, it hurt, it hurt, it hurt. Yeah. And I didn't have anybody to talk to about that in, in the environment that I was at, but it hurt because I realized, well, how many people am I pastoring that have this mindset yeah. that I'm not a human being on the same level as they are? Yeah. And I mean, only the Holy Spirit could lead you to respond <laughs> in that way, because I, I mean, that's not a natural uh, reaction to that kind of thing. I mean, when I hear that, I think depending on the group that you're in, like we can become so insulary. And I think this is part of the problem too, is that we forget. I mean, I just, how pervasive in my opinion that this still is in churches at large, not just in, you know, Southern churches or, I mean, I, I think everywhere. I, th I, I just feel it's much more pervasive than we realize and every time I sit down and have these conversations like I'm jolted like it it helps me to see through a lens that I feel like I constantly have to be reminded of like just I mean one example like for me, me my entire life um never you know never a bad experience with a cop or you know never never felt that fear when I, you know in um you know I've been stopped multiple times um you know but just ne have never felt that. And so every time I have these kind of conversations, it just, it's a perspective that I don't have and so many other people don't have. And I say all that to say this, I think. So a lot of times the pushback is the moment things like these past couple of weeks have happened and they're highlighted all over Instagram yeah. and social media and all over the news immediately. There's kind of the accusations of cherry picking and, you know, why are you highlighting this? And, you know, we want to point to all you know, types of other things that I don't need to rehearse all the arguments, but so what, what is your, what is your response to that of, well, what, what about all the other crime that's going on? Or what about this in Chicago? Or like, why are we highlighting these incidents? Uh, and then let me take a step further. I'm making this a little bit long, but even where, then we start to highlight, well, 
you know, um, you, you got all the, the cliche hashtags, but you know, we were talking about black lives matter and blue lives matter. And so immediately there's this back and forth, you know, the moment, the moment where, Hey, well, you're just highlighting this, or you're just highlighting this injustice. There's so much more to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have the same feelings. Uh, and I will say this, that for me, I, I honestly look at, we all are smart human beings and we all understand that there is a much bigger agenda. There's a much bigger thing that's at play. Uh, and the core of it is the works of Satan uh, at the very core of it. I understand that. And I understand that people have agendas and they'll use media and they'll use all of those things to, to pro promote something, something out. I understand all of those things are happening. And I too get frustrated because I'm also a person who suffered uh, abuse as a child. So mm -hmm. I have passion about abuse issues and things like that. There are many issues that I'm passionate about. And unfortunately, there's so many things that happen at any given time that we can't. But the, the news cycles promote and elevate certain things. And as they do, being connected as a human being, whatever is highlighted, I feel that as a human being, I should have some type of of emotion or feeling or pain that is associated loss that someone else is experiencing that I mourn with more those that mourn um and you know for me yeah okay so the latest things have to do with a, a lot of uh, things happening to black people I totally understand I hate it I think it's wrong but it's a thing that's not just been the many things, you know, uh, abuse has been around for a long time and human trafficking has been around for a long time. Unfortunately, racism has been around for a long time. We know systematically that this has been first comes to the root of it is the heart of Satan. Yeah. Uh, two, there are people that just partner with it. And, but I believe that as believers um, and just as a human being, that our response should never be just to remain silent and just ignore it because it's pain that that's not God's heart. God didn't want anybody to, to be in pain. And I know that we can't necessarily choose everything that we're going to speak to, but I do know this as unique human beings, God creates us with unique gifts, talents, and he gives us different platforms. And those things that maybe we have experiences of, I believe that God can turn the pain into a platform to bring healing. And the pain that I have experienced um, in my life as it pertains to racism, I cannot just sit back and be ignore it. Those are the things that are gonna be highlighted because that's a pain that has happened in my life. Yeah. Someone else may have a different experience and they may speak up about something that's maybe not as important to me, but I care about the person that is concerned about that issue. So I will respond to that person the same way I would want them to respond to me, at least have sympathy, at least hear what I am feeling and going through. I don't expect you to understand. There's no way I expect you to understand because my story is yeah. your story. Yeah. But as a friend, let just, just connect. Don't, don't pat me on the back. Don't, you know, this or that, but just hear and, and be present and be willing to be a part of the solution. 
Yeah. Uh, I think that's the, the biggest part. We can't address everything because all of us have different experiences and we're going to address the things that mean more to us. Yeah. That's well said. I think, um, anytime I, I address it, um, you know, the incidents over the last uh, couple weeks that we, you know, we mentioned there's almost immediate, I'm um, not always, but criticism. Sure. Um, it's the, it's a, a small percentage, but it's there. And it usually centers around waiting for the facts and waiting more for more information and not rushing to judgment and, and all of those things. Um, and that's been the case the last uh, couple weeks. And I, one of the things that I always highlight is I, number one, I understand that. In fact, I, you know, I, I'm, I would almost err on that side of, well, I'm just, I got to wait for all the facts. I got to wait for all the information. I've got to know everything I can know. That's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but over the last couple of years, especially where, you know, over the last two weeks, yes, I, I'm sure there's some things that I don't know, but as I looked and investigated and I did as much due diligence as I could before I even posted anything, you know, because I, I understand the emotive metric of media and we're, you know, and how all of that works. And so not trying to get caught up in that, but, but when there's a certain point to go, I have enough to know, I, I think I need to speak out and say something. And, you know, yes, every single individual is made in the image of God and matters, but there's also the reality that there's certain groups of people that there has been a different level of systemic injustice that, sure. that warrants highlighting because it hasn't been highlighted, you know? Um, right. and, and, but that's one of the things I've wrestled with over the last couple of years and conversations like this have helped so much. And I guess, here's one of my uh, just kind of direct questions for you as, as white brothers and sisters um, as a pastor, however, whatever context you want to put it in. And I think you kind of already said it, but what would, what would, what's the response that you would hope that we would have when yeah. these types of things occur? You know, it is a, um, we, we, as your pastor, I'm a pastor we have the opportunity to preach the word of God and the word of God addresses every issue that pertains to humanity. Um, and as we speak the word of God, I think, especially as believers, brothers, as people in the church, I think we have the responsibility to, you know, when I look at this latest issue, um, it's not maybe always even just addressing the issue. It's constantly reinforcing the heart of Jesus. What is the heart of Jesus? And I, I think that we should always do that. Don't, I, don't, I don't ever encourage anybody to get down into the, the weeds of the, the discussion because there's a lot of people that express themselves and say things before they have all the facts and you know they get out there. But I, I believe that there's a perspective God has. And I know, for instance, just to simplify it, and I know it's bigger than this, but just to simplify it to explain what I'm saying, is we know that love is the most powerful force. When I preach about love, I think it's my responsibility to help reinforce that because there are messages that people have been taught their whole life that the word of God has to uproot. And if love is really the answer, I got to define how that looks for us in our culture and our mm. society. And so if the issue shows up, I got to say, okay, well, this is what love looks like in addressing or dealing with this particular issue, because there's a kingdom view and there's a worldview and they are always going to collide and people are not going to like it. But the people that don't like it is because they want to keep a worldview 
that does not align with the kingdom. Mm, that's so good. One of the things it reminds me of is, you know, in the New Testament, where kind of one of the first things the gospel began to tear away was the whole um, idea of, of racism and Jew and Greek and Roman and had the gospel obliterated that in the first century. And for me, I think it's just realizing, like, you know, I don't, I don't need to put this on anybody else. Like, I need to be willing, I feel like, to, to be humble enough to go. It, it can be in all of us. And at some level, it is in all of us because it's a product of the fall all the way back to Genesis. And so it's like that thread of, of racism and all of that evil, it's, right. you know, it's running through us. And, and just being willing, I think you kind of said it without saying the word earlier, is just empathy to try to empathize with people. I just, I don't have the same experiences that you have. And I think being able to stop and listen long enough to try to empathize and, and see it from your perspective, knowing that I've lived in a completely different sure. world, you know, and trying to get our churches to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that is, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a huge deal. And it's the only way that I think we can start to address some of the things because what's hidden, I believe God's trying to bring it to light, you know, despite all of the agendas, God's, God's always working behind the scenes. And as things are being exposed, I think it's best that we are able to come together and at least hear, see, not just ignore. Yeah. Um, I could, I could sit here talking to you all day, ma'am. Um, but what I'd love for you to do maybe if you wouldn't mind is kind of, kind of closing us out and praying around, uh, this subject. Um, what we're just talking about here, praying for our churches, uh, honestly praying for leaders, I think to, uh, be willing to speak up about some of these issues that are really uncomfortable to speak up. It's easy to avoid. Um, and just that, that, you know, we'd have wisdom in pointing people to what you said, the only hope to reconcile, which is Jesus. And um, just those who are listening and um, those in our area and beyond. Thank you, I'd be honored to. Father, I just uh, come before you right now and I just thank you for uh, your heart. Um, Lord, you created us. Um, you created us in your image. You created us equal. And so Lord, at this moment, in this time, there are agendas and there are people manipulating things. But Lord, there's real injustice in this world on many fronts. And this particular issue of re racial relations and racism, Lord, I know it comes from the pit of hell, and so I ask for your wisdom upon the church. When I speak of the church, I'm talking about the people that are in it. Because Lord, I believe that we are the reflection, we're gonna be the reflection of your kingdom on earth. So I'm asking that God, earth would look like heaven that your love would permeate our communities by permeating the hearts of men. Lord, I understand that if we don't allow our hearts to be changed, and then we address the lies that have been taught in our homes, that we can't even change the world. So Lord, you came and you've given us all the resources to be able to walk and live in this life peaceably. And so I ask that every single person will be able to connect with your heart and truly express the love that you have in our human experience. Bring peace, bring comfort, bring wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, thank you again, man. Um, just real quick before we go, uh, you're, as I think I mentioned in the beginning, a tremendous leader, tremendous preacher. Uh, if people want to get more information or follow you, where could they do that? You know what? All of my social media is at Bernard Scott. 
And uh, I spell Bernard with a U. So B-U-R-N-A-R-D. So Perfect. Bernard Scott, that's how you can find me. Okay, cool. Hey, thanks again, man. It was a great uh, discussion. I think it'll help a lot of people. Uh, love you, bro. And thanks for taking time. Love you too, Brian. Thank you so all much. Right, all right, man. See all ya. Right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this message or have been impacted by Centerpoint Church in any way, would you consider helping us out in one of two ways? First, if you would just spread the word, share this message with your friends, family. Maybe you could go rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast catcher, but this helps us so much more than you know. And secondly, this ministry is supported by people like you through their financial generosity. And so if you've been impacted by any of these messages, would you consider giving to support the mission and vision of Centerpoint to see people reach with the radical grace of Jesus? You can give today on our website at centerpointfl.org. And again, that's centerpointfl.org.